I actually think that place-based solutions are a better mousetrap along with being an attractive way to solve things. Why? These, these solutions target the specific location and detail of uh, market problems, whether it's workforce or infrastructure or supply chain issues. So they're pushing right at the, the issue in a more precise way. They're, they are micro, they get at the micro bases of big gargantuan national and global problems. And they can move the dial there. Something very special being brought to the table by, you know, the manufacturing community movement. That voice was Mark Murrow, senior fellow at the Brookings Institution and one of the nation's leading researchers and writers on the benefits of place-based manufacturing initiatives. Mark talks about the persistent work of you and your regional colleagues over the years to build a manufacturing community movement and how it's taken hold in Congress and across the nation. His interview coming up next on the podcast, Manufacturing an American Century. Welcome, Americans. You're listening to the podcast, Manufacturing an American Century, with your host, Matt Bogosian. We are excited today to be with longtime BFF from the Brookings Institution, Mark Murrow. Hi, Mark. Hey, Matt. It's great to be with you today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, Manufacturing an American Century. Uh, uh, you know, super psyched to have you for a lot of reasons, uh, Mark. Um, you know, at the top of the list, you've been a longtime thought leader and writer on evidence-based interventions that can improve the American project regional uh, focus, bottom-up. You know, we have all this lingo uh, to describe what we're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and some of your work has really been at the foundation of what, what our whole network at AMCC has been doing. Um, I can't wait to hear what you're working on now, but let's let's start and talk a little bit about kind of uh, your journey in, in getting into this uh, work and, and then some of the, the writing that you've done here in 2023. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's been it's fascinating because some of us have been saying, and I would include you guys and you know my circle and others have been saying some of the exact same things for fifteen years, uh, and it and it's what the difference is that now uh, uh, governments and Congress have and agencies are paying a lot of attention. There's been uh, at least a start at funding some of this stuff at scale. Uh, and there's a, a general acknowledgement of some of the things that, you know, have we have thought have been true for quite a long time. And by that, I mean that bottom-up solutions can matter, that uh, 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 place is fundamental to supply chains and manufacturing ecosystems in general, and that... Uh, uh, that all of those things are a legitimate way to change the national economy. You know, so I think all of those things are more or less uh, acknowledged. Now, whether we've made sufficient progress, that's another question. But, uh, you know, it is, a t it is a t sometimes or it's, it's a time to take uh, some satisfaction at, at what 
all of us have been working on all this Well, time. for sure. And having, you know, someone with, you know, such great credentials and a steady kind of diet of writing about <laughs> this, uh, con- you know, this construct and how we make progress for the American project is really critical because you need that kind of evidence um, report, evidence-based reporting along the way to bring stakeholders along. And, and what is, let's, let's face it, this is like complex system science, right? You know? And yeah. so, so you have a, a long track record of doing that. And so we have these new interventions and I want to jump into talking about them a, a little bit, but I just want to say thank you, you know, on behalf of the, the whole kind of uh, group of folks around the country that are trying to make progress um, in this space. It's awesome. Well, without, without uh, being a mutual admiration society, uh, you guys have been out there since before 2013, uh, you know, working to make this stuff practical and uh, holding up successes over this time. And that is extremely important when you come to trying to uh, nudge uh, the policy system in a direction. There have to be real examples and real people out there. And, you know, I think thanks to uh, you know, work your work over this time that that has been part of the picture. Well, and we learned a lot from your members and 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 group. Yep, that's for sure. And so, you know, you're talking about what what we and we have a lot of new folks from these new federal interventions that we're going to talk about, Mark, here in a second. Yeah. But kind mm-hmm. of the genesis going back to what you're referring to um, is uh, is is some work that we did, uh, you know, in 2012, 2013, 2014 yeah, time with the National Economic Council. Can you talk a little bit about the history of that and the IMCP program and and how, you know, this kind of evidence-based bottom-up approach yeah. to policy intervention got started? Yeah. Well, what's really interesting is this certainly goes back to maybe 2008, the 2008 election, I think, uh, you know, we at Brookings, but other uh, uh, very thoughtful uh, observers started talking about what we now call place-based solutions and the centrality of manufacturing and the importance of all of that to the nation's advanced economy. And that was all part of the you know 2008 cycle. Uh, interestingly, uh, the EDA you know began to experiment uh, in the second and third year of the Obama administration with what what are essentially challenge grant uh, cluster oriented uh, programs, much smaller than than we've talked about, but were truly ships in a bottle and models of the kind of work. So. That those concepts were even beginning to be previewed and and, and tested, uh, you know, in two, 2010, 2012. Yeah, no, I remember um, some of them. I was involved with the E3 uh, effort, which was one of those precursors. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I6 Challenge, mm-hmm. I think, is highly uh, relevant here. The SBA and DOE uh, had entries. So it was beginning to become a very kind of boutique inside model, you know, that was being being uh, that was being tested. But I don't think it had made uh, uh, the kind of uh, crossover at all. Uh, it took a rough decade, I think, to create something of an emergency, a recognition that 
in imbalances between places were intolerable, uh, that too many uh, manufacturing ecosystems were not that vibrant, that we have an advanced industry challenge in this country with tremendous potential, but uh, you know we're seeing our, our uh, uh, falling behind other nations. So I think a tough year, a tough decade began to, to up the ante. Uh, you know, you, you guys kept, kept at it through that period. Some of us just kept saying these things over and over, but adding, as I think you're suggesting, adding to the evidence base and, um, you know, things came into a kind of alignment uh, uh, going through the last. I think since 2016, the real, uh, really, real shocks to the system really elevated uh, all of this discussion. Yeah, well, the, definitely the regional uh, leaders who are involved in that IMCP program that ultimately morphed into AMCC, yeah. they knew they were onto something. They knew this was a thing, and that's yeah. why they they yeah. pushed to form AMCC. And and, yeah. and now we've gotten all of these new interventions, Mark. Woo, gosh, how validating, well, right? You know, because they all have this well, DNA, yeah. Well, IMCP uh, has a kind of validity in that the, the the funding for it was not huge, and you were left sort of on your own. And guess what? IMCP didn't dissolve. It's I I was always struck that it that it continued banging away through the decade with and without funding uh, from federal programs. Yeah, it's really a uh, behavioral science experiment, <laughs> you know, in many ways yeah. uh, for collective impact, and it's it's great to yeah. see it gain traction, but with funding uh, big time yeah. in some of the big legislation, you know, the, the, the infrastructure bill, ARPA, the uh, Chips and Science Act and Inflation Reduction Act, you know, many of the programs within those yeah. big bills have, have uh, you know, the, the component parts of what AMCC, what uh, IMCP had. Um, and it was a yeah. great, yeah. uh, uh Pleasure to be with you at the White House on the signing of the Chips and Science Act, which has, of course, one of the biggest, uh, uh, you know, um, program experiments there, the Tech Hub yeah. program. Talk a little bit about the yeah. formation of, get, you know, getting these initiatives, um, you know, uh, across the finish line and and uh, how the how, how you think this, you know, these experiments and they're all kind of experiments in some ways are going to play out to a to a greater kind of uh, in a yeah. kind of complex system science approach, you know. Yeah, well, there's no doubt, uh, you know, that we're that the scale of the effort became much larger and the and 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 it's pretty clear that place based challenge grant based regional attacks using policy, uh, ecosystem policy, are one of the operating systems of the, you know, last Congress, especially, you know, really, really has been used as a solution for a lot of things. But uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, if you look at uh, all of this, a critical piece of it was that there was a true bipartisan convergence, in part, Tied to concerns about China, which was the final, you know, alarm that I think came into place and helped drive this. But you had uh, uh, small state senators, small state Republican senators, 
along with uh, uh, urban Democrats uh, and, and so on, really did converge around the CHIPS Act for one thing, but with it, place-based, cluster-oriented supply chain solutions as a problem, as, as a solution, not just for whether their state got a little more uh, 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 programming, but as a fundamental approach to the response to alarm about China and concerns about the direction of the economy. And I think that is a signal of why this stuff has had real traction over uh, you know, uh, a number of years now. This, this, this provided some answers to some very tough issues and a very plausible response to building a, a more competitive global economy here. So for listeners, and, and, if you're you know wondering yeah. where you can read more about this, right? So Mark is prolific, and he's got a whole team that he's a part of uh, at Brookings. <laughs> Lots of great articles uh, there on this. One In one of them, I was looking at March of 23, 2023, Mark, um, you were talking about uh, uh, place-based strategies and kind of, you know, what are the yeah. important reasons for them and you're just kind of getting at it uh getting at one of them right which is which is you know bringing people together <laughs> uh it's almost kind of a civics thing right you know um, yeah, yeah t- talk about the three kind well, of primary rationale yeah. for these place-based strategies yeah yeah 100 percent, matt the, uh, and you know we're trying you know, the question to all of us is not just uh should we do more place-based because we all like it? The real challenge is what does place-based bring to the, this problem solving? What is actually unique about it and uniquely efficient? I actually think that place-based solutions are a better mousetrap along with being an attractive way to solve things. Why? These, these solutions target the specific location and detail of uh, market problems, whether it's workforce or infrastructure or supply chain issues. So they're pushing right at the, the issue in a more precise way. They're, they are micro, they get at the micro bases of big gargantuan national and global problems. And they can move the dial there though. And then the, the one you're talking about is I think these so kinds of solutions have a better shot at getting the civics right in a really tough environment, right? Especially when they enlist bottom-up problem-solving, uh, uh, local solutions. Those are the ones that are going to be that are going to work better, and they're needed because if you're really going to transform the regional economies, you need to excite and mobilize the whole ecosystem, and. Frankly, you know, a broad national program can be useful, but it's not going to be the one that can mobilize communities in Missoula, in Wichita, in Tulsa, right, Indianapolis. And uh, so I think those are the three reasons. And I contend that these are elements of solution that other approaches can't provide. So there's something very special being brought to the table 
by you know the manufacturing community movement, I believe. Yeah, and it's and it's kind of common sense, right? Every region has a different set of stakeholders, a different yeah. strength, different yeah. speci- specialties, yeah. etc. And yeah. and so, okay, so all right, it's complex. One size doesn't fit all, but there is a a common process that we can bring yeah. to this and fuel it with interventions that make sense. That now we have some, which is cool. We need them to continue. We need to study them. We need to measure them. Talk about well the importance uh, of these new new you know uh, programs and that in the fact uh, why it's so important that they continue and, and get continue yeah. the, the fuel so that regional leaders in all of their different you know uh, varieties public and private partners um, can continue this good hard work I would I would throw in one thing I think we uh, all sometimes feel we have to apologize for what may seem complicated but the interesting thing is, I find this this way of thinking very intuitive and actually quite uh, accessible. It just makes sense. And remember, regional economics is one of the oldest, not one of the newest pieces of you know uh, uh, economics of the last hundred hundred years. Uh, So this is, I think, getting back to some of the basics. This is not a, a you know. New, nouvelle, crazy, new idea. This is an older idea that we're getting back to with, you know, strong mo- mo- uh, modernization and digitalization and uh, uh, alertness to greater complexity. But I think the fundamental insights are, you know, longstanding and, and make sense to, to communities. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, um, these bills, the, you know, these programs and how, you know, they're not going to go on forever and, you know, what happens after yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, I think, I think we have all uh, celebrated, you know, the arrival of the Build Back Better Regional Challenge, the Chips, Chips and Science Act with its uh, Tech Hubs uh, concept that, you know, we helped uh, suggest uh, with, uh, the Recompetes Act with the NSF's, I think, very exciting, uh, uh, you know, uh, engines, regional innovation engines. All these are great examples, and there are many others across uh, the rest of the uh, 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 legislation from the last Congress. Uh, we we are right to celebrate these, and they are there are some, a set of models that are being evaluated uh, over the long term. Uh, Brookings uh, Metro itself is uh, uh, a thought partner in in uh, studying the Build Back Better Regional Challenge early findings. So there's all kinds of research going. On. We're all learning a lot. There's a huge amount of uh, uh, stimulated organizational and consortium uh, building in regions. So that's all well and good. I do think I am beginning to call more attention, though, to not only what has started, but what is barely started and what is unfunded in the out out uh, years. Uh, you know, beneath all the excitement, uh, you know, Congress didn't quite get the job done in terms of funding this stuff. Uh, there's going to be a lot of things starting, but without with uncertain futures. Uh, I think there are things to be concerned about in 
actually the distortion or shrinkage of, say, the Tech Hubs program, uh, which is, uh, you know, an order of magnitude smaller than than hoped for. So I think, you know, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, I, I, I was thinking about this and realizing that, uh, you know, Manufacturing Communities par- Partnership, actually it came out of, in some ways, uh, times of challenge. Uh, you know, that those were lean years. Uh, I'm not sure that that is always the best way to do things, but I think a lot of, uh, you know, important experimentation uh, is, you know, really you know, not reversible now. And that will be, that'll be available. But I think that there's still a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, A lot of work to be done. And one of the things that we've learned from a lot of the communities is um, that they, you know, uh, build the kind of, uh, regional muscle of, (laughs) of public and private stakeholders together so that when funding streams, you know, dry up from one source, they're in a position to pivot uh, elsewhere yeah. to make the most of it. Sometimes state governments, sometimes private sector, some combination of all yeah. kinds of things. Um, and I think that's the muscle that really the AMCC community is working, you know, with with re- our yeah. regional leaders to build. We want to, of course, keep these these federal interventions continuing and have them be more precise. But regardless, the work bottom up is going to yeah. have to continue. And that I yeah. think that got us through a lot of those lean years. Yeah. Yeah, the, I think the I think the the watchword for the next five years is sustainable sustainability resilience. How do we you know extend these through that first funding uh, period, but then into the future? So that because the goal we're on the hook for transformation here, right? Yeah. So it's very hard to imagine that any single uh, appropriation will be sufficient for that. You know, we can't, we cannot, uh, though, accept, you know, underfunding, but I think there's a huge uh, uh, amount of work to be done in building a tra- ongoing transformative uh, set of movements in, you know, scores of communities. Yeah, and, and getting consistent funding. I mean, it's, there's a lot of different uh, silos that that could come out of it. And it's good to see, you know, some states getting into the, you know, uh, into the picture in terms of, um, uh, you know, state level interventions that can weave with federal interventions. Yeah. And so there's a whole <laughs> science, uh, evolving science yeah. about how to do that yeah. effectively. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Talk talk about the state role, you know, which is inconsistent, state to state to state, on how yeah. they can, you know, uh, measure, you know, leverage the federal resources or otherwise just to to strengthen their manufacturing ecosystems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you know, you could think about uh, state roles. You can think about philanthropy, the corporate role, uh, uh, other actors can play a role. But I think states are absolutely central. I think they've already demonstrated uh, significant willingness to, to write checks and more importantly, maybe participate in, in uh, designing great uh, solutions. Uh, and I think they're going to be the, the first in line here. I think one issue uh, is going to be where where are their budgets over the next few years? Uh, because it's actually been a, a, a fairly uh, 
rich period for for state uh, fiscal uh, coffers. And that may not always be there. And as you say, it varies across states. But I think that's an important place to look. So, uh, you know, this is this is complex work. It takes time to build those regional muscles and, you know, have continuous improvement. Uh, interventions come from the feds, from different states and, and, and other folks. You know, we, we identify what we think is the, the big six components, back to IMCP, the big six um, components <coughs> of a thriving regional manufacturing ecosystem. And one of the big ones that, of the six that we hear about over and over again, crosses over into the others, but is workforce and training. And, yep. and work, and um, you know, you guys study it and write about it a lot. Um, you know, over, we do these AMCC roadshows, Mark, throughout the, the country where we help regions kind of herd their own cats and bring together around the framework, you know, that you and I and all of us have been working on for these years. Uh, but we got to get to kitchen tables, <laughs> uh, you know, of parents and students and, you know, to get them making decisions early on uh, to be a part of this American renaissance. And and so many of us, you know, still hold the ideas about manufacturing from the 20th century when now it's yeah. just a brand new thing. I mean, just yeah. high tech and, uh, and, and we have, you know, climate change and we've got, you know, whatever governance issues we need to come together and and solve some pretty big problems and manufacturing is at the core of that how do we get to those kitchen tables uh, more effectively than we are now yeah yeah i you know i mean well f- for one thing uh you know these decentralized efforts in communities are are the way to do that uh and but it is going to require uh, you know active engagement with the K twelve system starting earlier and younger. Uh, I think it will be especially promising in places that have uh, you know substantial uh, plants coming online where it's very visible what is coming. You know, I'm thinking here of the big semiconductor plants. I think those are the first places where. Uh, regions will begin to work out ways to reach farther back into the talent supply chain into elementary schools to ma- begin to make this visible. We are seeing, uh, you know, some really cool examples of um, uh, tactics that regional leaders <laughs> are employing to get to the kitchen tables. And, and you know, over time, it's going to you know, we're heading in, like in my view, we're heading in good direction. It's just the pace of our progress is not as fast as it is, as it needs to be. And so it's yeah. an exciting challenge, but a challenge nonetheless. Um, and, uh, and, and the other thing, you know, the, that I wanted to address too, is kind of what's the North star, like what does success look like? And, and you know, because you're a BFF of AMCC, we we hold the North Star, uh, you know, as sustainable development. That is economic prosperity for all, but but in a way yeah. that has DEIA and um, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and accessibility, and uh, environmental sustainability, and national security. All four of those things wrapped into sustainable development. It's great to see a lot of these interventions kind of starting to get at all four of those areas. The NSF. Um, their new yeah. tip directorate is kind of explicitly saying that's their North Star too, yeah. you know? And so it's great to see kind of um, some uh, 
evidence-based convergence around what we're shooting for. I mean, what does success yeah. look like to, to you going, you know, back cast from 2050 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. To, I mean, to me, it's many more truly vibrant communities across the country. You know, work we've done, uh, even this year, we, we did it. Uh, we looked again. If you uh, actually look at various measures of the vibrancy of uh, regional uh, advanced industry clusters, the United States doesn't have that many that are truly killing it at a national and global uh, uh, level. So to me, seeing more of these places where people can have great careers, uh, diverse people can participate, and there is some real powerful signature industry being developed, you know, you know, uh, compelling products that the region is proud of that are uh, moving across the country. That's what we really are trying to achieve here. Uh, you know, all of this is about really a, uh, accelerating the country's, uh, 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 you know, development, but also about widening uh, the uh, uh, map. I think one of the great problems that we came across in, uh, in, in the last decade was that many people were feeling that innovation and advanced manufacturing activity was going on somewhere else, but not where they were. And I think we did damage to the to the consensus around innovation, around uh, uh, you know advanced manufacturing, around inclusive uh, workforce development. And I think that's what we really need to try to re reconstruct. You can't run a you can't run a, a, an economy where most people think the action is somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. We need more places where the action is occurring now. And that's my hope for the next 10 years. Yeah, that, that that's exciting. And, and you've seen it yourself is how empowering, you know, a job is that, you know, uh, people yeah. have a, a meaningful role in meaningful work, right? Making yeah. smarter products that solve problems is a really meaningful niche <laughs> to yeah. be in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's exciting. Now you're obviously fired up in in doing this work. You've been doing it for a long time. Like, how did you get into this zone, Mark? I, you know, talk. Let's talk about Mark Murrow personally. You know, like what was your your journey? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've always been uh, fascinated by, for some reason, you know that that place was always been important to me. Uh, I think. You know, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and and, and Seattle at, at a time where Microsoft was only beginning, but it was also an industrial city. Uh, that always, I think, uh, struck me as sort of the way things should be. And then, you know, I think seeing uh, the importance of place as a way of that was often neglected, but a way of it's a lens for seeing so many issues that you begin to see have this regional cast. And that, that uh, I think, was really important to me. And I became very interested in clusters as an expression of that. And, you know, I feel like I've been sort of saying the same thing over and over and, you know, following the same uh, uh, line. But I think once you understand 
the economy is a set of clusters, uh, often manufacturing ones, you begin to see the world in a certain way, you know, and uh, I've always found that an exciting way to see the world. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, uh, one of the things, you know, it gets down to uh, people's personal, you know, practice. Like yeah. we're all in silos, right? We we live in organizations and we that are siloed from yeah. one another. And this kind of systems change requires folks to get out of their silo. Yeah. We, we call it um I like uh, there's there's a a group at Harvard that uses the term systems leadership as yeah. a skill that can be built, you know, to get out of your silo um uh, and uh, I, I think that's so, super important. Can you talk about kind of the the personal qualities necessary to, to work across silos for for collective impact? Because I think that's that too is part of the uh, of the of the um, kind of secret of these regional leaders that are doing well is they've 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 yeah. it's almost like a humility uh, of sorts. Yeah, uh, yeah. Know. There's a uh, so I think part of it is a um, almost obsessive focus on a short list of, you know, visions or ideas for the region combined with, I think, what you're mentioning, an almost selfless uh, uh, personality that is very interested in inclusion, making connections between people, um, seeing how diverse actors can play a role and being, you know, very uh, uh, focused on that fairness. And I think that is a very important part of, uh, you know, delivering these clusters. And we've seen it in technical terms, all of these, uh, the new place-based industrial strategy uh, uh, programs uh, it call for the creation of consortia, fair, you know, alliances of actors who, who are going to work together. And I think that is absolutely central. We found that I think group behavior is more important, not less. And I think it's one of the central pieces. If we're going to, ha if we're going to succeed at place-based industrial strategy, going to build regional economies, it's going to have to have this kind of uh, uh, network-based uh, 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 aspect to it. So we're going to have to prove it up. We need to prove it up. Yeah, and so, so how do we prove it up? So you're tethered to kind of <coughs> the best evidence that's out there. Mark, I always think of you because, you know, you, you reveal that in your writing and your group of Brookings. And, and there's a whole, uh, you know, research world that is kind of uh, following your lead, you know, and starting to say, oh, what yeah. about what's the science of innovation ecosystems? They all have different names, but it's really yeah. they're turning toward this complex system science. Science, uh, analysis yeah. type. Tell yeah. us a little bit about yeah. that. Like AMCC, we're partnered with in this MEP and a bunch of federal agencies in trying to um, develop with, uh, we need a ton more capacity and help, but we, we there's an obvious need in regions for a gap analysis tool based on all of the open source data yeah. that's out there, but it's not woven together in any kind of useful way for regional leaders to figure out, you know, uh, interventions from their perspective perspective that that are yeah. going to have more predictive outcomes tell us about um you know that that body of uh, science <laughs> and and how we can accelerate the pace of its development yeah 
Well, there's, um, I mean, there's, there's no, one of the most important things <clears throat> about what is happening is the interest that uh, all kinds of researchers are taking in this topic. And there's been, I think, there's maybe more work that has been done in the past on it than people think, but there's going to be whole, a whole lot more coming that's going to answer more of the modern questions. Uh, I think one, one uh, uh, insight is going to be that place-based solutions actually have a better track record than people have thought. Uh, but things like that, there'll be measurements of the kinds of models that work. There's going to be measurement of the kind of, you know, organizational behavior that is conducive to these kind of projects. There's going to be uh, uh, simply more data about the impact, the real-time impact of these uh, uh, projects. You know, uh, it's being set up as a requirement of some of the the prod of the uh, initiatives. And industrious uh, uh, researchers are simply going are going to be doing it, and we're going to see. I think you know. I think we're likely going to be surprised at some of the uh, of, of the out positive outcomes, but we're going to have a record, and that is going that is uh, I think one of the missing pieces and. I do think there's more positive evidence than people think uh, already, but I think we're really going to uh, have an exciting next decade. Yeah, I agree with you uh, directionally, but yeah. how do we accelerate the pace of that? Like, who are your top three players that could really accelerate the pace of research uh, around this bottom-up approach? You know, because yeah. we're seeing it with all, with all these ecosystem interventions by the federal agencies. They're very curious about how this is going to work out. And we need, well, there's yeah. all these public and private players that study things. You know, how do we yeah. build that into a small C Congress of sorts that is yeah. going to, um, uh, you know, accelerate the pace of that progress? Yeah, I think there already are some uh, centers of it. I think uh, there are groups at MIT that uh, and and Harvard that are each working on it. Uh, uh, there's an important body of work uh, in Europe that is highly uh, relevant to to the United States, uh, and some of those uh, researchers are are going to be working on. It. And then we need direct. You know, required uh, you know careful analysis of the launch of the existing programs in front of us, and then full evaluations, uh, which are underway in some cases. Uh, but you know, absolutely, uh, you know, and I think I think that we'll see the kind of emergence of some kind of core, you know, area core centers of this kind of work. Um, but you're right. Uh, it, it's it's a big enough issue that it really could sustain a, ma a major uh, uh, research initiative. 
Yeah. Well, hopefully maybe that's something we can, we can talk further about. Uh, yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Thanks in advance, Mark, on that one. So, <laughs> so here we've got this AMCC community that, you know, you've presented in front of the AMCC regional yeah. leaders and all of that. Um, they'll be listening to this podcast. What, you know, t- talk to them, t- you know, what's your message? I mean, this is tough work, right? You know, and to sustain it takes, takes some courage and, and um, determination. Uh, uh, what can you, t- what can you say? say to them about uh, what they've done so far and and the good hard work ahead of us yeah i mean the first thing is a huge reflect on how much has happened over the last you know 15 years uh and take some satisfaction in that because i think you know i think a lot of the people in in your network have been voices in the wilderness at, at, at the early end of this. They they knew they were on the right track, but uh, there was not a huge amount of uh, encouraging evidence that this stuff was uh, going to be uh, adopted. But I think also having built up that kind of uh, uh, history, preparing yet for another round of, you know, I think, Austerity and the need for further creativity on the on the fiscal sustainability side is going to be really important here. I uh, am of the uh, uh, persuasion that the, the genie's out of the bottle. I don't think this is going away, uh, and I think you and I know that because we, you know, there was no support for some of this in the middle of the last decade, uh, and yet here we are. So I think this isn't going anywhere, but it's how we always, you know, how do we build this into a truly uh, sustained uh, way of transforming places in the economy? Uh, you know, and I think that is the, the thing I'm thinking about most right now. Well, we appreciate your thinking. Keep it up. Yeah. Uh, okay. Keep up the good work and writing. <laughs> uh, Mark Murrow, uh, Senior Fellow at uh, Brookings Metro. Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. Yeah. Yeah, thanks so much, Matt. All right. Take care. You too. You can learn more about AMCC and joining our weekly mailing list at AmericanMCC.org backslash subscribe. If you're a manufacturer, economic development professional, workforce and trading person, capital provider, or work in any field critical to American manufacturing, send us a note. We'd love to hear about progress from your part of the ecosystem and join us on our Monday calls. The next episode of this podcast, Manufacturing in American Century, will be coming out soon. So in the meantime, spread the word by sharing about AMCC and the podcast on your Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Manufacturing in American Century is available on Spotify and all major podcast platforms. Thanks for our production partners, AMCC Operations Director David Van Sicklin and Mr. Mike McCallum from Podcasting for Associations. That's it for now. I'm Matt Bogosian with you, Manufacturing in American Century. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. My fellow citizens of the world, ask not what America will do for you, but what together we can do for the freedom of man.